Welcome to this series uh, entitled Zephaniah, and we're going to be going over the day of the Lord, which hasn't happened yet. It's going to come very soon. So stay with us, and God bless. Remember that, that little saying, uh, it was, uh, maybe you can end it off for me. One for all, and... All right, so one for all, all for one. Does anybody know that phrase was part of uh, which uh, fictional group? What's that? The Three Musketeers. Yeah, so fighting uh, one for all and all for one. It says in John 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Willing to, to die for, for a friend. Tonight, uh, I just, I pray that, uh, that we could love one another, that we would be friends to one another. But I, I guess it'd be like, well, could I lay down a li my life for somebody else? Maybe somebody you really care for, you say, yeah, I could do that. Uh, but could I do that for a stranger? Maybe, possibly. There was a, a group that had come to Jesus uh, trying to trap him. They were trying to trap Jesus. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? What is the great commandment? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When you think about it, God or the Father, God the Father loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die for us, to die for all. One man, one, and not just man, we are talking the Son of God, one being for all of mankind, if we believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As we believe on Jesus, to have something happen because of him dying for us. And really, you might say, well, what, what did he die for? The fact that he, di he died because all our sins, all the sins of mankind from the beginning, from the very first man, Adam, and right to the end, Jesus died for every single person. And one moment in time and there was an impact that could potentially change our entire eternity because of that it says here that whoever believes in him in Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life everlasting life I just thank God for the hope that we have in Jesus, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ.
to know no matter what happens, as our faith is in Jesus Christ and the fact that he loved us so much that he died for us, one for all, that we, whether we're individuals or together around the globe, that there would be a, a praise that goes up to him, a glorifying of him, and that we would say, you know what? I'm willing to lay my life down for you. Now, let me just touch in on Zephaniah. So Zephaniah lived around 630 B.C. And he was coming in at a time where the, uh, the kingdom of Judah and Benjamin, so the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom had been uh, taken and uh, about a hundred years prior, and the, 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 the ten tribes, those that were taken away, were scattered all over. And so now here, judgment in this book, Zephaniah, there's judgment that is coming to the children of God that are so rebellious, so rebellious. And the amazing thing about even Zephaniah's name his name means Yahweh has hidden. Or another way, <clears throat> uh, Yahweh or Jehovah, God, has treasured. And when you think about it, when you have a, a, a chest, a treasure, treasure chest, the things that are precious are put in that chest. God has treasured and basically... His name means that God will, will cover us or hide us. He treasures us. Now, <clears throat> I want to switch here. I want you to think. I don't, I don't know. Each of us were children at one time. What kind of child were you? Especially, not maybe so when you were younger, but what kind of child were you as you got a little bit older, in your teenage years? Okay, so oh, I, I hear someone saying, bad. I was bad. And I know some of you can maybe relate to that. I don't know. Uh, it's like, yeah, you know, when I my teenage years, I struggled. And the, the illustration, really, of a rebellious child, in this case, this was, these were the children of God. They were rebellious. They were stiff-necked. That means... No, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do, go my own way. And I'm going to, I don't care about my parents because I know everything and they know nothing. Right? It's amazing uh, as we get older, as, as children turn to young adults and adults, we start to realize, my goodness, my parents sure learned a lot since I was a teenager. Yeah. We have this, idea, this thing of, of a proud disobedient, disrespectful, moving away, being remote, don't want to have anything to do with you. In fact, I'm out of here. I'm not taking this. I'm out of here. That was, that was the children of God. And that was not just rebellious. There was a wickedness about them. And it wasn't just the people. It was the king. In fact, the king at that, at that time... Josiah was only eight years of age because his father, the king, who was a wicked man, 
had been killed, and also his, Josiah's grandfather, had been the worst king when it came to behavior, and he had been in uh, ruling for over 50 years, one king. And the wickedness that came into the entire nation or kingdom, the southern kingdom of, of Judah and Benjamin, was to such a, an extent that God's judgment was coming. And here was Zephaniah. And God, even with the judgment, he says, judgment is coming. But I want, for those of you that, that are willing, I want to cover up. I want to cover you up even in the judgment. Because you are my children. If you would turn to me, I want to cover everything up so you will not face the judgment, the judgment of God. There is something when we humble ourselves, when we've moved away from our parents or we've, we've done things that were not right, they were disrespectful and, and uh, dis, of, of disobedience and of, of pride and whatever, and of, of moving away, to, to humble yourself, to have there be a, a okay, my time's not up yet. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I've got a clock right behind me. I know how much time I have left. So, <clears throat> so this thing of of humbling yourself or saying I'm gonna I'm gonna turn back or I'm turning to the Lord to have forgiveness to have restoration of relationship. Even if we don't even think about God, what a wonderful thing! Say you have a best friend and there's a falling out, and then you get to a place of reconnecting, of relationship, to have forgiveness and to have restoration of relationship. It's like, thank you, Lord. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. There is, even to this day, the children of God, they rejected Jesus. When he came 2,000 years ago, there was a crucifying of Jesus. And there was a rejecting of Jesus as Messiah. They did not, the Son of God, we're talking not just a man, fully man, but also fully God, going to the cross willingly because it was at that point that all our sins were taken care of. Every single one of our sins. And the people of Israel... Here we are 2,000 years later, do not recognize Jesus as their Messiah. They don't. They are still waiting for the Messiah. There's a day coming that it speaks of in the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus. There's a day coming when the the nations, if you think it's bad now, there, we know, if you're, if you're keeping track of any, uh, anything that has to do with the Middle East, you will know that Israel is, I, I think right now, in about the 135th day or something of trying to fight back against a very horrendous thing that happened a number of months back, October 7th. And they're fighting. They're fighting. And there's all these nations that are surrounding that are saying, we want to destroy you. We want to destroy you. We want to destroy you. I just want you to know 
There is a day coming where Israel, God's children, his children, are going to be surrounded by a foe that they will not be able to, to fight against or guard against. There will be no way out. And even as the armies, and we're just not talking a few, few hundred thousand men. We are talking millions upon millions, tens of millions. We're the largest gathering of, of an army that we will ever witness or see or that will be is coming against Israel. And the scriptures talk about the fact that even as they are pushed back, it says two-thirds of them will be over, overcome. And that last third, as they, they go back into the city of Jerusalem, the, the literal city that is there now, will be crying out to God, crying out for their Messiah. And they're saying, Messiah, come. We need you. We need you. And desperate because they're, they're going to be killed. And then... This is what it says as they cry out. And the cool thing is, for those of us that have been hidden and covered and treasured, we say, yes, Jesus, we acknowledge you and what you did for us so we can have a life forever. We believe in you. We will be caught up during a period of time that this earth has never seen and will never see again. It will be so terrible. And even as the, the children of, of God, the, the Israelites, who are, do not believe in Jesus, and even as they cry out to the Messiah, it says that the Messiah will come. And we can read of this in Revelation 19, verse 11. It hasn't happened yet, but it will. In fact, if the Lord should come back today, it will happen in about seven years. If the Lord came back today in seven years. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. Jesus, that's Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a, ro with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven... Clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's us. We will be following him on white horses in this battle. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. And the armies of the, the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, and all those that have gathered there are defeated. And, and then it says about the children of God who were crying out for their Messiah. And this, I'm sure, this passage, the Jewish rabbis say, we're not going to, we're not going to go over this passage. There's passages that we just don't touch because it seems like they're pretty straightforward of who these prophets spoke of more than 2,000 years ago. Zechariah, 24, 2,500 years ago, or 2,600 years ago, says in, in Zechariah 12, verse 10, And I will pour 
on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication, that's intense crying out to, to God. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. If you lost your firstborn child, the grief, could not even possibly imagine the grief of losing a child. And it says they will mourn in that way when they see the one that they pierced. They pierced him. The one that was pierced was Jesus as the nails went through his hands and his feet and even as the spear went through his side and the water and blood gushed out. And they will mourn. We were the ones that crucified him. But even as they mourn and even as they recognize Jesus as being their Messiah, even as they, they receive him as the one to, to fight their battles, the Lord forgives. And this is what Zephaniah ends off with in Zephaniah chapter 3. It says, sing, sing, O daughter of Zion, shout. O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. I'm telling you, when you're singing and you're rejoicing, that's a pretty good state to be in emotionally. It's kind of hard to sing a song of rejoicing uh, with a, 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 heart, a sad heart. So the Lord is, this is the Lord saying, sing, sing. Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. Hallelujah. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, the ones that have been apart from him for over 2,000, actually 2,400 years, 2,000 years ago, and from the time of, of uh, Malachi, 400 B.C., there was a silence. There was, God was not speaking, not even to the prophets. There were no prophets for 400 years, silence. In Zephaniah, but it's saying, and even in Malachi, the very last book of the, the Old Testament, there, the heart of God is that children, his children would turn, return to the father and the father to the children, to his children. There's something about restoration and reconciliation. Hallelujah. In that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion, which is another name for Jerusalem. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have you ever had reconciliation where somebody that you were apart from and they, they turn back and there's a restoration of relationship? It's like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. 
and there's a rejoicing that takes place. There's a gladness in your heart. Say, oh, Lord, it is so good. It's been so long that we've been apart. Now we are back together. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Here's the thing. All right, I'll be finished in three minutes. Thanks. That I would cause you to rejoice. That we would say, Lord, I want for you to rejoice over me. I want you to, to still my soul that, that's maybe agitated by the things around. The Lord says, I want to still your soul. I want that there is a removing of the agitation, or at least even if, it's, if there's still stuff happening around, at least between you and the Lord, you say, I know that you've got it. Father, I know you have it. And I don't have to have all these weights upon me. Hallelujah. I'll just call the worship team if they'd come up. Just get ready. That a rejoicing would go up from us. He died for us. There's a passage that says, it says, I beg of you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. One man died for all, that all of us would say, you know what, I give my life to you, a living sacrifice. We don't have to die, but I give myself completely over to you. Have your way in my life. This is the least that we can do, our reasonable service for the one that died for us, took our sins upon himself so that we could have life, even just by believing in him for our salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Father in heaven, his heart, even when he spoke to Zephaniah, and even when he said to Ze Zephaniah, judgment is coming, he was giving an opportunity for the people to be hidden, to be treasured by him. I want you to know tonight that God treasures or desires for you to be his treasure because he does treasure you. You say, what, me? Does God even know me? Absolutely he does. And his heart and desire is... You are my treasure, and I want for you to be close to me. Not that you're stubborn or stiff-necked or you're, you're running away. I want to cover you. I want to hide you. I want you to be my treasure, one for all and all of us, for the one that died for us, that we would do that. Can we stand together? I just want to say tonight, when it comes to reestablishing relationship to have relationship not just with anybody but with the the God of the universe he does know you and you might say Lord forgive me for my stubbornness for my rebellion forgive me for my sins I, I acknowledge that I've been apart from you I know of you I've heard of you and maybe you were walked close to God but you decided I'm going to go somewhere else I'm going to do my own thing and God is calling out to you and saying, hey, I want you to be my treasure. I want to cover you. Judgment is coming, but you don't have to have it. You can have all those things taken care of. There's no judgment that we would face because our faith is in Jesus Christ. He took all our judgment on the cross. He took everything on the cross 
for us. The punishment that we deserve, the separation from God that we deserve, the wages of our sin being eternally apart from God. He took it all. All we do is believe on him. So if that's, if that's you, where you're at, or you just say, yeah, I'm not where I should be at. You say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I have sinned against you. I've been stubborn and stiff-necked. Say, I'm going to do my own thing. Lord, I'm coming to you, and I ask you for forgiveness. And I acknowledge that you died for me on a cross. You took all my sins upon yourself and you died on the cross for me so that I could have life. That I could have forgiveness of sins. I could be washed clean and I can have life in you and life now, regardless of what's going on around us, Lord, because we are your treasure and you sing over us, you rejoice, even as we would come to you, you rejoice over us as there's a, a restoration of rec, uh, and rec, reconciliation that would take place of relationship. You rejoice. Jesus, we acknowledge that you died for us, but you rose again. Lord, you are seated. Jesus, you are seated on the right hand of the Father. You desire for us to be with you. You desire to sing over us, to be glad, to rejoice over each and every one of us with gladness. You would quiet us with your love. You will rejoice over us with singing. Lord, we give ourselves to you. Have your way in our lives. Come into our life. life. Be our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope that the word you received was impactful and encouraging. We hope you can connect with us in person or online through our socials or website. Make sure you share this with others, and God bless you richly.